Hello and welcome to the third episode of the Rock Sound Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Will Cross, junior editor at the magazine. Um, thank you so much for checking out our launch specials. Um, it's been absolutely insane as a response. Uh, we couldn't be more excited about it. Um, so yeah, just keep subscribing on iTunes, check us out on SoundCloud, keep reading the content that we're putting up online. We've got literally world exclusives going up. Um, it's absolutely mental. It's been a crazy two weeks. Um, so we couldn't thank you enough. So this is going to be the first episode where things uh, have a slightly more normal structure. Um, in the, We're still going to play around with some things, but there's going to be uh, things like the news. Uh, we're going to talk about that. Obviously, of course, the uh, the main part of the show will be the interviews with all your favourite bands. Last week on our launch specials, we uh, you know we spoke to the likes of Neck Deep and State Champs and the Mice and Men and Water Parts and with confidence, so many great bands. Um, so we got to keep that going. So this week we are going to be speaking to the uh, absolutely amazing Mr. Andy Beersack. Oh yes. About uh, all things Andy Black, Black Bell Brides. If you like world exclusives, stay tuned. And also uh, Mr. Kevin Mader from Knucklepuck to dive inside their new album Shapeshifter and what went into the making of that album, scrapping the album somewhat halfway through and uh, being true to themselves as artists. So yeah, it's going to be good. Uh, and beyond that as well, there's going to be things like some recommendations from us as hosts um, and uh, talking about what's in the magazine currently, uh, pre-order bundles, things like that. So uh, we're going to be talking about uh, pretty much everything, I think, so it's going to be good. Um, with me, as always and forever, Tams and Wills, how's it going? Hiya! How are you? You right? I'm very good, thank you. How are you, Will? I'm very good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good. That's what I like to hear. It's been a good two weeks, yeah. It's uh, been very crazy, stoked. hasn't it? It's been really cool to see everyone, like, just listening as well. Like, that's obviously, you know, the whole point of this is that people listen and you know, tweeting us and stuff like that. It's been really, really cool. And um, I'm, I'm glad that the feedback has been mainly positive because otherwise I would be crying in my bedroom right now. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's been fun. And I'm really excited to to do this episode and all the episodes going forward as well. Awesome stuff. And uh, Mr. Jack Rogers, how's it going? All right, Will Cross. How are you? Yeah, I'm here and there, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it's, been, um, it's been really cool. Like just seeing how everyone's reacting to these. And I'm really glad that... People enjoying what we're doing as much as we are, so yeah, it's a lot of fun, isn't it? It is awesome stuff. Yeah, actually, talking of reactions, um, a main part of the show from now on is uh, it's going to be listener questions as well. So um, we were flooded with questions over the past few days, so we're very excited to uh, pick some of those and to be answering those. Uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun. So um, yeah, let's kick things off. The uh, the news. So. Um, to start the news this week, uh, Chrissy Costanza of Against the Current, um, huge band in the rock sound world, um, has been tweeting about the band's second album. They're currently in the studio. They've been writing heavily over the summer. Uh, Chrissy's written on Twitter um, that they're writing a record. Um, it's emotionally draining, but it can be healing and cathartic when you're surrounded by the right people. On In Our Bones, a debut album, I wanted everything to be perfect, but finally a little vulnerability slipped through on the song Demons. I hope that mixed in with some lights and fun tracks, I'll be able to show you more of that side of me on this record and that the In Our Bones era knocked on me on my ass hard it was my first time in the ring I wasn't ready but I'm ready this time round two uh, I think it's very cool that she's been so honest about uh, you know what's been going on um, in terms of being a young band and touring her first album that's been so hugely successful Tamsin what are you saying? I mean Chrissy has had a really really difficult year um, and she's been like I said completely honest about it She's been very open and letting fans know when she's not okay, when she's feeling inspired to write new music, or like everything that's been going on with her. She's been very open about it. And I, 
it it's one of those things where sometimes really really crap situations turn into the best music so i'm whereas in our bones was it's very pop and very bouncy and there's a lot of like upbeat and positivity to it um and it was kind of being like we're young we're excited we're touring the world this is the best thing ever (laughs) now i I feel like she's 21 now i think and she's kind of been you know she's had some stuff thrown at her that nobody really wants to deal with and i feel like this album's going to be a lot more like you know what growing up really sucks mm. there are some amazing moments like they've had an insane career so far um which is only going to get bigger and bigger and bigger from here on out and i think i think this album is gonna it's gonna have all the really good poppy elements of in our bones but there, i think there's gonna be some really really deep stuff in there as well um so i i'm looking forward to it i think it's gonna really show chrissy as a songwriter um as well as like upping their production game and everything as well so i'm i'm really really excited to see where they go with this yeah definitely i couldn't agree more i mean um i think um i think like you say i think it's gonna it's gonna reveal some um some deeper strands of against the current as uh, you know a group of three individuals and uh, i think that could lead to some really interesting songs jack um i think it's a case of looking at where they're going now because in our bones was it was an album which they've been threatened to make for a long time, like because they've been working on covers for so many years and building up to being their own band. Like it really threatened for them to be blowing up in a big way. But I think at the same time they were still finding the footing in a in a massive way. Like as a young band doing things on your own and being thrown into the ring like that, like as she said, it's it's hit hard. And I think just the whole idea of being in the wider world like really took its toll but to show that she is like prepared now and i think the potential for them to be like huge even bigger than they already are is there i think it's just honing in on that craft and becoming the band which they want to be yet just like concentrating on the important parts rather than just going oh bloody hell like we're um we're having to do this like travel over here really quickly and go to china and go to like all over the world and we haven't got time to like be young and enjoy this like I think to be able to focus and have that like bit of breathing space it's going to be really good for her and like showing that kind of like it's proper fighting talk that on Twitter like and it takes a lot to talk like that on your own personal like profile for sure so and be that open like people are starting to do it a lot more and use it and for her to do it and She's 21. Like, she's so young again, and you always forget. Easy to forget, isn't it? So easy to forget. So I think going forwards, like, it'll be really interesting to see what they're working on and what's going to come out of it. And, like... I think that she's got she's got a backing behind her as well. Oh yeah, for sure. No, I think that album's going to be one of the biggest Roxanne releases of next year, like no question. So uh, cannot wait to hear what they're working on. Um, cool, uh, Fallout Boy. Um, <sighs> oh man, yeah, bad news uh, this past week. That, Sad um, times. Yeah, that Mania uh, has unfortunately been pushed back to 2018. It's coming out in January, January 19th now. It was supposed to come out on the 15th of September this year. Um, message to fans, uh, Patrick Stump said that uh, they had long talks um, a lot to weigh about it all but they collectively thought it was best uh, the album just really isn't ready and it felt very rushed I'm never going to put out a record I genuinely don't believe in and in order to do that we need a little
little bit more time to properly and carefully record solid performances. Um, I think they've done the right thing, personally. It's disappointing as a Fallout Boy fan, but um, it's very, it's completely the right thing in that, you know, I think there's a lot of, um, bands must feel that demand now, especially with the internet, in that people just want, you know, and I'm guilty of it as a fan, like, people just want new music all the time from bands and artists, like, all the time. So the fact that they, they felt that this was rushed and it wasn't ready um, is definitely the right thing to do creatively. Um, Tamsin, you agreeing? Yeah, pretty much. Um, I, as I said, it's like, it's a bit of like, oh man, when you find out you've got to wait another, like, four or five months for an album that you've been stoked about for, like, six months already. Um, but at the end of the day, like like Patrick said, they they can't put out an album that they one don't believe in, two is rushed and not quite right. And because Fall Out Boy are, are a band that like if they put out an album that everyone's a bit like, well that's not them, or that that doesn't seem right, or I you know I don't really like the sound of that because they didn't really put the time and the effort into it, then it's just gonna end badly for them. So, like, quite a few bands that, like, you know, Paris pushed back their album by a few weeks just, just so they can make those little tweaks that will make it perfect. Um, and I think every band needs to do that. At the end of the day, if you put out an album that you don't believe in, like, like kind of like, what's the point? Like, yeah. what, like, you know, it sucks that we got to wait, but hopefully it means that when it does come out, we're just going to have, like, our minds blown. For sure. I mean, it's, it's we've got Andy Beersack coming up on this episode, and... Um, you know, he said the same thing and that the Black Veil Brides album has taken a long time because they wanted to get it perfect and it sounds like they've completely done the right thing. I mean, Jack, what are you saying? I mean, Fall Out Boy am I ride or die. Um, big style. <laughs> um, and I I feel as though that it's the correct thing for them to do because to be able to like have that honesty to go, well, we're not actually ready because they could just go, oh, we've got this date. We need to like just throw everything in the blender and like just give them whatever comes out the other end this gray mush or like in like purple in in the case of mania mm-hmm. it would be and <laughs> and for them to go well they're still doing the tour and they're still like carrying on as a band but like they want to be able to be proud of the songs they're playing like you don't want to be a band going out on stage and going yeah this is a song which we wrote in two two hours in the studio and just put together just to fill up an album. Yeah. And I think it, it takes a lot of guts to be able to do that. And I think it's it is the right decision. And I'm I mean, I'm fine with listening to Young and Menace and Champion for five more months. Like <laughs> when Young and Menace came out, I listened to it fifteen times in a row <laughs> over the duration of like two hours <laughs> as I was going like going from home to the pub and back and it just got better and better and better. And it's just gonna keep doing that, like after that do- initial shock. Well, not even a shock. I, I was I was fist pumping straight away. I, I was I was sat I was sat in my living room on my own, just going, "Go on!" Googling how to make a llama costume. I was going, "How do you make your voice go like that?" Yeah, like, yeah I know how to make llama costumes. Like, I've got one in yeah, my wardrobe. Yeah. Just just one. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, yeah. I mean, I think they've done the right thing, and to be honest, it means we have to wait a little bit longer. But um, hopefully, you know, let us know what you think. But. Hopefully we're all in agreement that, um, you know, we'll be getting the album that they should be making and we'll do them proud. So, yeah. And to uh, finish off the news this week as well, um, Danny Warsnop of Asking Alexandria has been, um, he's a bit of a hint machine on Twitter, isn't he? But he's been hinting that, um, not even hinting, saying really, that Asking Alexandria are scouting for their new video, which means new music must be done. Uh, there's been a lot of teasing over the summer. Um 
I, I for one can't wait. I mean, I'm fascinated by this whole thing without, you know, Danny returning to ask Alexandria. Um, I, I honestly don't know what it's going to sound like. All I can do is probably heavy. Heavy. Yeah, heavy. Riffs. Yeah, I, I think... I think after after the past few years, after the Aerosmith, like, years as well, and I think Danny's got his own country thing, he just wants to get back to, like, the old school. Like, take it back to 2009. Take it back to Crabcore. Like, do it properly. <laughs> I mean, like, we've had, like, that tiny, tiny, tiny little snippet that they put out, which is just, like, him just screaming it into a microphone. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's like, okay, good. I am iniquity, I yeah. think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's like, sure, uh, I will cope with that and just wait until it, see yeah. what happens. It, it sounds I mean? like, it just sounds like pyro. That's what it yeah, is. It just yeah. sounds like it's, like, whatever he's put out, it's just music which is going to be loud and there's going to be pyrotechnics at the live show and lots of co2 and it's just going to be asking us asking should oh yeah, yeah it's loads gonna, of it's breakdowns. Gonna be big. loads of breakdowns yeah for sure yeah loads um, of breakdowns yeah <laughs> so come on guys give us some new music we can't wait and uh yeah just to round up news um paris's lingon um has been tweeting about her favorite song on the album um uh, that album is out August 25th uh, we're going to be speaking to Lynn as well so stay tuned for that Woo-hoo! yeah it's going to be good uh, and Shikari have announced their new album The Spark which has gone down very very well um, yeah so uh, that is the week in the Roxanne world um, so now brings us to our first interview and it's a big one um, it, it's the boy it is the boy it's the boy himself uh, you've been asking for him uh, Mr Beersack uh, we caught up with Andy Beersack uh, to talk all things um, in his world really I mean we talked about war. Uh, and his time on that with Andy Black. Um, we were going to talk about uh, Andy Black and Black Veil Bride, see what's going on, and we ended up getting pretty much world exclusives on both. Um, so it was it was pretty insane. Um, I think you might be able to tell in the interview, I was a little bit shocked at points when he just dropped stuff in, and I was like, hang on, what? There's going to be, you know. So let's, uh, yeah, let's let him do the talking, and um, let us know what you think. This is uh, me talking to Mr. Andy Beersack. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Um, so, yeah, I guess there's, uh, there's quite a bit to talk about. Um, but let's let's start with Warp Tour. Um, so, obviously, we'll kick off with Andy Black then. How's Warp Tour been um, over the past summer? And how's it been performing the Andy Black songs um, after The Shadow Side's been with us for over a year now? I Honestly, dude, it's been... It's really hard to describe. It's been the, the most... Um, I don't want to say easy because it's certainly war tour is grueling, but it's been one of the most smooth and enjoyable experiences on any war tour I've ever had. And I've done it a handful of times now. And it's just been, it's just been a blast. I couldn't be having a better time on stage. You know, I've got my band is so sweet and, and so kind and so talented. And my wife's out on the tour with me and it's just, you know, we have a small crew, just a few of us and we play football video games and <laughs> work out and try to eat healthy. And it's just been great. Amazing, and um, and how's it been like with those songs? I mean, has it been has it felt like uh, you've really um, kind of uh, grown to the skin of those songs? I guess because I mean, I remember when it was you know all the songs felt yeah, so. You know, neat. You, once you once you perform stuff for once you start performing things for you know I don't know I mean, what's been over a year. Uh, it, at least for me vocally, I start to find how to sing it live or, or the, a better way of performing it, and I think at this point the set is sort of second nature um, when it comes to at least my inflections and what I'm doing. The difficulty comes in the fact that Warp Tour is 120 degrees Fahrenheit every day. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you kind of got to find your vocal pocket when you can barely breathe because of the heat choking you. The other day I was walking back to the bus 
And uh, Matty Mullins from Memphis Mayfire was like, hey, you finished your set? And we were just having a laugh about, like, just how difficult it is to sing when it's that hot outside. So, <laughs> um, it's a little different on this tour in terms of how I've been doing the songs live um, in that capacity. But I think, you know, th- this set is also different than any of the other ones we've played. I've got one new song. Um, we're playing songs that we didn't play on the U.K. run. Um, and I'm just I'm really excited to get back in the studio and kind of um, expand on this. I think that one of the things about the first Andy Black record was that, obviously, it was un- uncharted territory. And I was trying to make something that, to me, felt um, representative of the emotions and the feelings and the ideas that I had. And I think in a lot of ways, that is why the record has so many different flavors and tastes on it. It's got so much different vibe and obviously we had a lot of people come in and help us instrumentally and um it was just a fun time but i think on this record i'm a little bit more focused in in what the sound is and i understand the uh the project a little bit more in that capacity definitely i mean did that make the whole uh warped because obviously you've done warped a bunch of times before with black veil like did it feel a very different experience mm. yeah i mean i think i'd be lying to you if i didn't say it was very different but not you know the, I've always enjoyed Warped Tour. I've always had a... I know there's a lot of people who it's the bane of their existence for whatever reason. I can't get down with that. I just love it. You know, I love... I love the feeling of being on this tour with this kind of traveling circus and the camaraderie of the of the tour. And, um, you know, we know everybody really well in production. And it's just been... Whether it's been with Blackfell or this, it's just always a blast for me. But the truth is that, you know, I used to be a very heavy drinker. And a lot of what Blackfell was for many years is a lot of very hard partying and craziness. Um, even on Warped Tour. So for me, this is, um, I'm enjoying this quite a bit because of my kind of new lease on life that I have. And, uh, you know, it, being able to be sober and healthy and work out every day and eat well and not wake up feeling like I'm going to die because I have a hangover. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And I guess as well, like from a musical perspective as well, like you're, um, you're moving back into the Black Veil Brides kind of mold now. Um, is this the, the end yeah. of Andy Black for the time being? Well, Feldy and I, as I mentioned a little earlier, Feldy and I are starting in the fall. Uh, so just, a, I mean, a matter of weeks at this point on the second Andy Black record. Um, so that will be, that'll be hopefully completed. The goal is to have that completed by the the, uh, the holidays. And then the Black Veil tour will kick off and the record will come out uh, just at the, the top of 2018. The reason for the delay on the Black Veil record is that we just, we, we took, first of all, we took 15 months to make the record. And so in that way we really wanted everything to be as perfect as possible and the original deadline that we gave ourselves while the record was completed and the mixing was completed we weren't able to get the artwork and assets and all the stuff together exactly how we wanted it and while listening to it there was also elements and stuff i wanted to change so people don't necessarily understand that when you're on a major label there are deadlines that they determine when stuff is released and so they gave us the initial deadline that they would have preferred we release the record on the first time and they were just unable to get the kind of the assets together. And also on our end, we just weren't quite done at the, at the original time. So um, we had a discussion with the label and they were in agreement with us that it seemed like we should try to line it up with something big tour wise. And we've put together something for the, uh, for the winter that we'll also will come to England with it. Um, it's going to be a really big tour. And I think something that people have been wanting to see for a very long time. Amazing. Cool. So, um, so yeah, so let's take both those then. So that there is going to, there's going to be a second Andy Black record then. There will be, yeah, yeah. So about, I don't know, four or five months ago, um, the label hit us up. Uh, my, my label, Universal, hit us up and said that they were very interested in, in kind of re-examining and redoing this uh, this record for a second go-round, and they, they seemed to like um, what the Shadow Side had done and, and were happy with the 
I guess the critical success or whatever you want to call it. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Um, but they seem, they seem stoked about whatever it was. Uh, and that made me thrilled because for me, I mean, I've, I've said many times, um, I like making stuff more than anything. My favorite thing is to create something that wasn't there a minute ago. And my brain kind of goes nuts if I don't have something to work on. So, uh, I, I love to be able to be in the studio. It's probably, you know, I love playing shows and I love entertaining, um, Making records is definitely one of my top favorite parts of being able to do this for a living because it's, it's such a fun experience, especially with John. John and I have such a, a great friendship. Um, to get to go to his house and spend a couple months just working on making things with him every day is like my, my idea of, of a great time. Oh, man, that's so cool. Because like, uh, John's worked on the, the new Black Veil Brides album as well, am I right in saying? Yes, yes. Um, and in and, and sort of an interesting way because we started it because it took so long to make the record because we really wanted to... Uh, you know, I think, I mean, long story short, we, we've been doing this for a very long time, and it seemed like if we were going to take time to make a record, it seemed like the right time to really try to put our, sink our teeth into doing something um, that we really spent time cultivating. I suppose, you know, before, not to say that we didn't spend time with it, but we were on deadlines, and we were also a very young band that people were saying, we got to get this record out, we got to get you on tour, and we'd never really been afforded the opportunity to take our time with something. So um, the reason I say all that is that we wound up doing it in, three different locations with Feldman because he wound up moving studios in the middle of the record. So uh, it was kind of a fun record in the sense that it saw, I sang the vocals for it in so many different places and it saw so many different rooms and the writing process took place in so many different places and while I was on tour and while, you know, we were at Jake's personal home studio for a while and it was just, um, it was a really fun and interesting way of doing the album over the course of the, over a year. Wow, man, I can't wait to hear it. I mean, I mean, how is it sounding? I mean, it, does it have that that kind of Feldman touch? I guess because he's, you know, he's got his hand in sort of so many massive tunes in the past few years. Like, is that are we going to hear that on the Black Veil Brides album? Well, you know, the, we made Wretched and Divine with John yeah. in 2013, and that was at least uh, commercially our, our most successful record um, to date. A song like In the End uh, was probably our most successful song. Um, and so a lot of times people point to that record as uh, the sound of the band. But what I think is interesting is that we have evolved significantly, I think, from record to record, from the first record to the fifth record, you know, the previous record that we made with Bob Rock, the much more straight-ahead, hard rock, heavy metal record. Um, I think that this album, you know, and everybody says this, of course, because you want it to be true, but at least for me, I believe that it's a nice culmination of many different eras of the band. I think that it represents um, all the different kind of places that we've been while retaining, like you say, that kind of that Feldman thing, that thing about Feldy that I don't think anybody else can even touch or come close to. He just knows how to make things huge. And uh, writing with Feldy is, is one of my favorite things. So to be able to come back into the world of doing kind of heavy, darker rock music um, after doing a pop record together, it's been, uh, it, it was a lot of fun. And obviously, you know, I've we've been in a band together, Jake and Jinx and Ashley and Cece, and I've been in a band together for a decade. We know each other pretty well, and the writing process is pretty simple in that way. So I think all in all, um, it's a record that's very representative of, of the, where we are as a band at this point in our career. It's over a decade of Black Belt Rides, and I think that um, I would be, I'm not going to tell you the, oh, well, it's our heaviest and most melodic, or this is the best, or, you know, I, I think that <laughs> it's just a record that uh, we're really, really proud of, and I think it's, it's a great album, and um, I think the fans are going to like it, and it's a long time coming. You know, at this point, it'll be four years uh, since the last Blackfell record, so um, by the time it's out, so you know, I think it's uh, I think it's a long time coming, and I think people are going to really enjoy it. 
Man, can't wait. And as well, you collaborated with a lot of people on the Andy Black record. Um, obviously, you know, you worked with Patrick Stump and Gerard Way, Matt Skiba. Um, did you bring any of that into the Black Veil Brides album? No, you know, I, one of the joys of the Andy Black record was doing that, having no band necessarily, and so kind of relying on the outside um, musicians and friends that I had made, whether it's friends of mine that I had known or people that Feldy had brought in through working with them or, or whatever it was. Um, you know, and we were also getting contacted by many artists during the Andy Black thing. It kind of became a fun thing where once we kind of got the ball rolling with, well, why don't we just bring in our friends and people in our scenes? Uh, we started getting emails every day like, hey, can I come in and do something? And it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, I didn't feel like that was necessarily the right thing to do with the Black Bell record because obviously as a band, um, you want to, I don't want to, not disrespect, but I don't want to step on anyone's toes in the band and, and respect the fact that we are a, a group of guys and it's a different dynamic. You know, the truth is that Andy Black, making an Andy Black record and touring with Andy Black is a different animal to um, a Blackfell situation. And I have to treat them differently. Um, and I, I feel like it wouldn't be, wouldn't be the right thing to do to, to try to steamroll both records the same way. Hey, you know, I did this this way, let's do it the same way on the next one. Really, I gotta be more open to how the band wants to do things. Um, because even though I am a, a specific and important member that band i am a member of the band and i want to make sure everybody's uh, on the same page awesome man and cool and so we're looking at an early 2018 release then for that along with this uh, with this tour that you're planning um yeah t- take me inside obviously you touched on it a little bit earlier but take me a bit more inside this tour it sounds really exciting well i can't tell you too much more <laughs> <laughs> no fair uh, enough <laughs> i will say that it's it's yeah I, if i could i would i would say more to you um but it's, <laughs> i will say this it's a tour that in terms of what the fans have wanted for a very long time um, it's something that we have been hearing for years and something that people have been asking for us to do. And, uh, I, we were finally able to get it together and I think it's going to be, uh, it's going to be really something special. Amazing, man. I can't wait to hear all about it. And, um, cool. That's so, all I can tell you. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, man. I don't want to put pressure on too much, but yeah, it just sounds really exciting. I uh, think that, you know, people in the world that, that, that like what we do, uh, musically and, and are kind of exist in the, in the scene that we exist in. I think people are going to be excited to come out to these shows. At least I hope so, because I think it's going to be, um, it's the kind of, it's the kind of tour that I, I think people want to see. Cool. So that was my chat with Andy Beersack. Uh, so much to talk about. Um, Tamsin, uh, Andy Black, new album. What are you saying? Well, you got a lot of information out of him, didn't you? <laughs> um, yeah, new Andy Black album. We're starting on it in the autumn, which is, I mean, what two months away. Yeah. If that Depend- depends what you Dep- clock. Depends which end of autumn. Clock, yeah, or fall, autumn. as he as he called it. <laughs> autumn officially begins on the twenty first of September. Well, there we go. So we've literally got like a month and two weeks until he's <laughs> if he's starting on that day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, he said a matter of weeks, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. So he's so he's literally coming off warp tour, maybe having a few showers to scrub off all the dirt, Hopefully. Um, and sort of have a little chill, and then he's going straight in with the second album. Uh, working with Feldman again. Yep. Huge. Good shout. I think, yeah, I think that's going to be great. I mean... Feldy. Feldy, yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> Feldy. The, the door is wide open, I think, for him. I mean, like, it's. I think it's quite brave of him because, obviously, we're expecting new Black Veil Brides music, hopefully, quite soon. Um, but at the same time, so he's going to have a lot kind of going on all at the same time, which I know he loves. He said he just loves creating, um, which is awesome, but it's just kind of gonna be like I hope that my only my only concern is that he doesn't get sidetracked and that 
things don't work out for either of them or something has to be pushed back you know I hope he just ju- juggles things well yeah he sounded confident though <laughs> he's a man in control though like, yeah I think to be fair I think he knows like, what, what he's what, doing what you said in the office his voice sounds like caramel oh, his, yeah. his voice is like ca- oh, yeah, his, his voice is legit he could, he could host like a love songs radio like, show I'll be, I'll be into that yeah. and Andy Beersack is a packet of Werther's originals <laughs> <laughs> like just just like the like one that you have every now and then, just like that little bit of smooth caramel, and it just, it just like it, it yeah. just makes you feel like when he's talking, he is a man in control, and like when he's talking about Warped Tour as well. That's my favorite part of that interview was how he was talking about because he's been at Warped with Juliet this time, like he's been playing a different sort of game to like the debauchery that people talk about, you know? Oh yeah, like like, yeah. like the. Like tequila and karaoke. So he was a heavy drinker, and he's kind of put no. that aside. Yeah. Now. now he's sober, yeah. he's healthy. He's yeah, put the party yeah. and days behind like him. Yeah. and like, he's like he's got a small crew, and just like it's more mature. Like he's a, he's a married man now. He's like he's and he's he's taking that on board, and I think he's doing that like with with his music as well. Like going forwards, being able to juggle like because he's he's a superstar. He's massive. Yeah, like it. Just mention his name and like you can hear it's like putting a shell up to your ear, but like instead of hearing the sea you hear screaming girls. <laughs> like, and like to be able to juggle those two massive things which he's taken on and do it just so calmly, like And you've obviously got the film as well, American Satan oh, coming of course, out. Yeah. That's yeah, of coming course. out in October. So yeah, yeah, and, it's uh, a very busy few months for Andy. It is, and we'll, we'll, we will have more on that from Andy in the coming weeks, so stay tuned for that. Uh, and to move as well to Black Veil Bride, so Andy Black obviously is going to the studio very, very soon with Feldy. Um, he's done the Black Veil Brides album with Feldy. Long time coming, uh, you know, the self-titled album came out in 2014, uh, but they want to get perfect, as he said, uh, and there's going to be this special tour that's coming with it. Um, Right, I, I'm going to put this out there. I reckon this might be, this is purely my speculation, I reckon this might be a co-headliner with Ask Alexandria or Ask Alexandria's main support to Black Veil Brides because I know they're boys and people want it to happen. Boys. They're boys. Get the boys. Yeah, he was really bigging up that tour, wasn't he? So whatever it is, like... I saw it on a different way because when he said, oh, it's something we've been asking, I thought it was like in terms of the theatrics of it. Like I thought that fans have been asking, you know, like, a drum roller coaster or something or like <laughs> like more fire or like something because which i think i'm totally wrong but because i mean it like, could be a mix of the two yeah i i thought i thought it's like in it was going oh we want you to have a whole circus on stage andy like lions and tigers <laughs> like we want black belt brides that playing would, playing on a trapeze and stuff that would be as good if not better yeah, yeah, yeah. well i mean like it's small budget just, yeah. have, just, just have just have black veil brides with like tigers on stage and then just like Ben Bruce swinging from a <laughs> trapeze just, just ben Bruce. Danny Warsop breathing fire it'd yeah. be amazing yeah, yeah. would go yeah. yeah make it happen yeah, yeah, yeah I mean like I'd, I'd sit and enjoy that with my popcorn <laughs> in the back exactly but, um, yeah. but I think yeah I think the way you're saying it's it sounds though because both of them they headlined um, Warped UK a couple of years ago yeah. and everyone at that show they were there for those two bands like all the people I spoke to like all the kids they were either Black Veil kids or Asking kids so to bring those worlds together again yeah I, I reckon it's it's it could be on the cards I yeah. think you, speculation could be right Will Cross oh thank you man thank you um, well yeah um, we'll see uh, hopefully the gadget <laughs> Um, well, Andy was was obviously very forthcoming about many things, but that was the one thing he held, you know, held his mouth on. So um, 
it's interesting. It obviously kind of hints that that is a huge, huge thing that they've got under wraps. So cannot wait to talk about that when it's out there. Um, let's finish up on this. Uh, Tamsin, who are you most excited for? Andy Black, Black Veil Brides, tune-wise. New tune-wise. Ooh. I'm going to go Black Veil Brides. Simply because we've been waiting ages for it. Mm. And I think, like, working with Fellman, like, Black Veil Brides aren't a normal Fellman band. Like, Fellman's, like, the pop-punk king, which Black Veil Brides aren't really. So I don't think we're going to have, like, you know, a State Champs album from Black Veil Brides <laughs> anytime soon. <laughs> but uh, I'm I'm intrigued to kind of see what they come up with this time around. Yeah, I agree. I think um, I think BVB with, uh, with, you know, obviously he did the third album, uh, but the way Andy said that he's kind of brought that more modern-day pop-punk Feldman touch to the Black Veil Bride sound now. Um, could I don't know what's to come. I mean, yeah. it's, it's fascinating. So, yeah, I'm thinking with you, Jack. BVB, all day. Oh, man, yeah. full house. Straight in. Yeah. I'm fine with that. I'm, I'm absolutely fine. I want to see some dual guitar in. Sick. And I want to see some hairspray going on again. <laughs> and I just want to see, like, huge choruses. Like, just get back to the basics and, yeah, just rock it. Huge. Rock yes. the show. Yes. So, yeah, more from Andy in the uh, very, very near future on this podcast. And uh, thank you, Tim, for coming on because it's been wonderful. Um, so, yeah, listen to questions now. Woohoo! Oh, we'll be looking forward to this. Uh, we were flooded with questions, as I say, over the past few days, uh, which has been great. Thank you so much. There were some for... really interesting questions thrown our way. We got, yeah. we got, it was weird and wonderful, but yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was a mix. Um, but we picked out three. Um, so we're going to start off with, uh, we've kept it quite musical, I'm just going to put that out there. Um, but do keep sending us all kinds of stuff because we love reading it. Um, so yeah, Luna Lovesick on Instagram asks, if you're going to listen to one band for the rest of your life, who would it be? Tamsin. I was really torn between two bands for this. It's one of them, Paramore. How did you guess? Uh. <laughs> um, I think I think ultimately it would be Paramore because they are my babies um, in the nicest way possible. That came out a lot weirder. Um, but like they've been with me since I was, I think I was 14 when I first heard them. And that's, you know, that's over 10 years now. And I've seen them so many times and they just like i know the new album has been quite controversial and it's really different but i am still jamming it on a daily basis and like i'm in love with every single album they've ever put out so i think ultimately if i had to listen to one band for the rest of my life it would be paramore Sick choice. And if, uh, I mean, probably, I'm sure everyone listening to this knows who Paramore are and is probably a fan. But um, no. if, <laughs> but, uh, if you've got a tune of the whole discography, what are you saying? Good Lord. Um, what I know what it is. I was going to I was gonna take a while to think, but Let the Flames Begin is my ultimate Paramore song ever. Banger. What, with Paramore? I just was looking at you to say banger. Oh banger! Yeah. I thought you wanted. I thought you wanted my parallel bangers, but I can say bang. I can say banger as much as you want. Yeah. But, but on that note, Jack, uh, Hallelujah! Oh, I love Hallelujah! That's a good shout. Um, I mean, it's, it's a great it's, song, it's but my, it's, it's, it's my not... fa- it's my favorite off Riot as well. That is a huge shout. It's, it's mm. just like it's for the guitar slide. Love it. Nice. I'm going with the only exception. Going to go well emo. Uh, Jack, what's your answer? Fallout Boy. Oh, okay. All day, every day. Um, just. A back catalogue where, like, I love Folly Do so much as an album, an album which not many people oh, wow, okay. do like. I, I think Folly Do is probably my second favourite um, after Infinity on High. And just 
the the amount of songs which you can go through for them. Like I was talking the other day with someone about how the best songs are from Under the Cork Tree are the B-sides. Mm. Like the music of the misery is one of the best songs ever written. Um, I'm into the new stuff, of course. Like just, just a perfect band who I could happily listen to every day. And for the, like, I'd happily be sitting in my rocking chair when I'm 80, like, still getting emotional to Sugar We're Going Down and air drumming. <laughs> well, while rocking, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And just, like, wipe, wiping the tear away from the corner of my eye. Or, like, whatever. I've got a really good, like, image in my head right now. Yeah, same. Yeah. No, yeah. But just, like, well, everyone else around is just, like, watching, like, Dickinson's Real Deal on telly. <laughs> and I'm just, like... Nurse... Please, play yeah. some Fall Out Boy. <laughs> Into it. And uh, your tune, um, folly, a Folly tune? Um, I'd say Coffee for Closures. Off, um, like, or, or, because I think it's, um, it's one of the most underrated singles, America Sweethearts, off that. Nice. Huge. Um, but, yeah, I'd say, yeah, easily. Sick choices. Sick choice. I'm going with Let Live. Uh, I know. I knew obviously, you were going yeah, to yeah. Let Live. <laughs> yeah, no surprise. Um, obviously, uh, I know. Obviously, now Jason is in the fever and Let Live is split up. I talked about it on the first episode. Um, but you know, obviously, they've not released any music yet, so it has to be Let Live. Um, they've got three albums, uh, all of which uh, project completely different things. Um, so you know, any mood you're in, uh, any state, if you want to hit the pit, if you want to um, listen to some kind of chilled out funky vibes, if you want to go full on emo and just sit there and have a cry like all three albums just go across so many different genres and moods um they're just i mean it's like you guys were basically saying about paramore and fob like they are to me they are a perfect band um you know they're they've, they're fronted by the best frontman of all time um his lyrics are unbelievable um and they're the best live band of all time or that i've ever seen so um so yeah let live uh, visceral emotional Amazing. Uh, and tune to check out White America's Beautiful Black Market from The Black is Beautiful. Shout. Yeah, you just it, it encapsulates everything great about that band. And just, they, uh, they're they very influenced by, as well as rock and post-hardcore and things like that, they're very influenced by funk and hip-hop. And I think that song is just the absolute pinnacle of those worlds colliding. So uh, check it out. Yeah. Um, from Tom Dango underscore 20 on Instagram, what song do you feel a special emotional connection with when you listen to it? Jack? Um... Mine's, I don't know why I feel it, but it's Washington Square Park by The Wonder Years, which I think it's got something to do with The Upsize's whole album is my favourite Wonder Years album. It has a special place for me. And there's something just about, like, the whole world's full of losers. If you get a chance to win, take it. It just sits so nicely as, like, a way to live. And just the last 30 seconds of Soupy screaming his guts out about leaving blood in California, it just, every time, it's like... Hand, hand over eyes, other hand in the air, just like screaming along. And I just always, yeah, I always, for some reason, get really teary eyed about it. Mate. And it's just, I don't, I don't even know why. I've been to Washington Square Park and sat there <laughs> and like, it's it's not even like anything special. It's, yeah, it's just I've, a, I've been as well. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's just everywhere in it's a little park, isn't it? It's yeah. just a little park next to a really nice craft beer place. There. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that was the best part of it. But yeah, big style. Mate. I think. Anyone who hasn't listened to that album, listen to The Upsides. It'll change your life. Absolute banger album. Yeah, he's not wrong. Uh, Tamsin. I went with Work by Jimmy Eat World. 
Oh, it's a good shout. I thought, you, I thought you were going to say Iggy Azalea. <laughs> <laughs> Which is also a great shout. Yeah. A lot of feeling in that one. Has Iggy Azalea been measured on every episode? So I think yeah, so. Yeah. We're doing well. Um, no, the Jimmy Eat World song, Work. Um, I, work, was, <laughs> work was the very first song I ever heard um, by Jimmy. And pretty much as soon as I heard it, I just like I just completely fell in love with it, and that kind of started my love affair with Jimmy Eat World. Um, and it's just like that little, just gentle opening riff. Like whenever it comes on, like even if it's just like on shuffle or something, and I'm just like, <laughs> like just <laughs> grab something near me so I can stay upright. So I just, I don't even know like what it is, but there's it is quite like an emotional song anyway. Um, and when I saw them play it live for the first time, it's the closest I've ever got to crying while watching a band no live. Um, and there's just something about it, like if particularly if I've had a couple drinks, shall we say? <laughs> shandies. Um, yeah. Shandies, yeah. If I've had a few shandies and work comes on, I do get a little bit emotional. Um, do you do the public uh, transport hip shake or whatever it is that you do? It's a waterfall. Um, I more just stand there and cry. <laughs> <laughs> It's like the it's like and the it's, it's like the go, the goth shimmy off South Park. <laughs> yeah, where it's just it's, like look at the ground and just like <laughs> yeah, that literally is. I'm just like you know when you just kind of zone out and you're in you're in a space just for the entire like three and a half minutes whatever, and then it finishes and you're like I'm okay, I'm okay, I made it through, I made it through to the end. As long as like I can't ever turn it off and I just kind of have to sit there and deal with the the feelings of it. It's always a trip. Yeah. Nice. So that's, yeah, that's my one. Absolute banger. Uh, I've actually come with the Wonder Years as well. Fancy. Yeah, uh, they're there on uh, on the Greatest Generation. The Good opening show. track. Yeah. Um, I just I don't know. I just you know sometimes when you hear songs you you can always remember to the first time you heard it. Yeah. Um, there, there. I just, I just remember being stood in my kitchen at uni, and uh, I'd been waiting for the Greatest Generation like for so, so long. And they put that amazing teaser up about six weeks before, um, with a bit of there, there in it. But obviously, no one knew it was that song yet. Uh, and when it just kicked straight in with Soupy's vocal, I was just like, oh my god! I think, like you said about the upsides, I think it's, this is just going to change my life. And yeah, it does that. You know, yeah. I, I've, I've listened to the Greatest Generation you know, probably in the thousands now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just the one is what a band. And I mean, I know I did say um, Let Live's lyrics are unbeatable. Uh, Soupy rivals Jason in the lyric department. Yeah, I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, Wonder Years, what a band. Uh, bangers all over the place. And um, just to finish up very quickly, uh, Maddie at Madisonith on Twitter has asked us Dream Tour lineup. I think what we should do is say these without comment, just like to make it like, if you go, oh god, brilliant really? shout! Yeah. yeah. So mine is, stick your guns, dropkick Murphys, and newfound glory. Bloody hell, Tamsin, Paramore, Jimmy Eat World, and Paris. <laughs> god, right, okay. Um, Architects, Enter Shikari, Jewel Headliner, with uh, Stray from the Path and the Fever support. It's fair enough. My, mine looks a bit silly in comparison. <laughs> Um, yeah, so thanks so much for your questions. Uh, we hope we've done a good job in answering those. Um, yeah, keep asking us stuff. This is uh, this is one of our favourite bits of the show. Um, so just, yeah, keep asking us stuff. Tell us what you're listening to. Uh, tell us what you want to know, and we will answer that for you. Um, cool. So, um, 
just quickly before we go into our interview with uh, Kevin from Knucklepuck, uh, I'm going to give a quick plug to the magazine. Uh, the Neck Deep bundles have gone up. You can order those now oh, at Shop. Yeah, yeah exactly. They're, they are awesome um, at shop.rucksound.tv. So get on that. You can either get the Peace Bundle, which has an exclusive drawstring rucksack uh, designed by none other than Phil Thorpe Evans from the band. Uh, also a pin badge and a bottle opener key ring. Or you can get the Panic Bundle, which is the same, but instead of the backpack, uh, it's a hand-signed poster print by the whole band. So, um, yeah, loads of awesome stuff there. Brilliant issue. Uh, the cover looks insane. Um, yeah, we're very, very proud of it. So definitely get on that. Um, so, yeah, interview two. Kevin from Knucklepuck. Uh, very different to the Andy Beersack interview. With Andy, it was, uh, you know, so much going on and uh, sort of, you know, um, a finger in so many pies and just kind of trying to tell us about what's going on in his world that was, I guess, up to now quite secret. Uh, with Knucklepuck, they've announced their album Shapeshifter. Uh, so we kind of went in a bit more in depth about that to talk to Kevin and kind of got to the uh, the bottom of what that album's all about. Uh, they've released the lead single Gone from it, which has gone down really, really well. I'd say one of the biggest reactions of their career, one of the best songs of their career so far. Uh, so I wanted to get to the bottom of that and kind of talk to him about just uh, we, we've had the album in and I absolutely love it it's fine for my album of the year spot uh, just to talk to him about the different influences that, that went into the making of the album uh, they also scrapped a lot of stuff uh, and then went back in with a different producer there was a slight delay on it so I talked to him about that as well to kind of get to uh, the bottom of what happened with that uh, and yeah it was just a really fascinating chat I think I think if you're a fan of Knucklepuck uh, this is an absolute essential listen so yeah this is my chat with Kevin from Knucklepuck Hey man, how's it going? It's Will from Rock Sound. How are you? Good, how are you? Yeah, really good, man. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm really excited to have you guys on. Yeah, yeah, no worries. You, you start from the beginning. You, you scrapped the original album you were working on halfway through. Um, take us inside what happened with that. Well, I guess, um, I guess we didn't scrap entirely, um, but we kind of like, we ran out of time because we started in uh, that, that tour with Mayday Parade. And so... We had we had a lot of stuff done on it, uh, but there's a, a lot of stuff missing. And like throughout the you know the whole Mayday tour, it was like we had to like finish it at, like right after the tour ended, and it like it just didn't make sense for us time wise to finish it in California where we originally started it. And so we just kind of had like a whole two month tour to mull over what we needed to do to finish it. And so I, I guess we didn't, we didn't scrap everything entirely. Like we kept a lot of stuff we, we did like guitars and stuff like that. But when we got home from the tour or actually I should say when we got home from the UK, when we were there for a week, um, we recorded with uh, our friend Seth Henderson, who's done, everything else you heard by us. Uh, but he's, you know, right at home. He's like an hour drive from all of us. So like, it just made sense like time wise and money wise and, and everything to just finish it at home after a tour, instead of having to, you know, go back out on the road and, and drive somewhere far to go finish it. You know what I mean? So like, and, and then once, I mean, like once we got into, his studio, I mean, we just kind of started, had like ideas like flying around. And so we're like, well, we have time now. Let's change this. Let's change that. And so it, it, it kind of became like a, a, a bigger project than I think it was, 
it was going to be. So a fair bit of music did carry over from the original sessions to the second sessions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say we we kept a lot of stuff. We we definitely changed a lot of stuff, but like we we re-recorded a lot of stuff a lot, but like nothing really drastically changed. It's just like we redid a lot of stuff and felt more confident about it, I guess. Um, so yeah. Okay. Well, how did the older stuff sound? Like, was it just because, I mean, I've read a lot of, you were in the magazine a few months back and I, I've been reading up on the process and you were, you were kind of saying it, it didn't necessarily feel right. Like it didn't feel like it was truly knuckle puck. Is that in what way, what did you mean by that? Yeah. I, I mean, uh, it just didn't, it didn't like, I mean, none of us were really like psyched on it. Like when, usually when we go into record, it's like, it's 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 like one of my favorite parts of being in this band because like you spend like all this time writing the songs and then they're just like demos on a computer for like in your in a Dropbox file and then then you go to record them and it's like the real deal and you just get like you just get like this like this feeling man and it's it's great but like for some reason it just wasn't there uh like this time around at like at first and so it was it was kind of an odd feeling because like <clears throat> the songs i thought i you know like they were really good and then it's like it just didn't measure up for some reason like none of us were like really psyched on it and so it it was kind of, kind of a weird process because we had these songs, we were pumped, we recorded them, and then we weren't pumped. <laughs> and then um, we just, like, thought about it for two months, and then we, like, you know, in quotes, redid them. We changed a lot, but we kept a lot as well. And um, and now we're psyched on them. And so it's it's been kind of a, like, a, a roller coaster of, like, I guess, emotion and it's been kind of crazy yeah, but man. uh yeah i don't know i guess we just didn't have that feeling like the first time and you know i like we were all pretty adamant about uh putting that release out we're like well none of us are like really psyched on this so like why would we put this record out have to play these songs for two to three years have to promote this album for like two to three years like it just it just doesn't make sense to do that so we should spend the extra time to make it right yeah for sure and and i mean so then by going what you've said um gone as the lead single um Mm -hmm. that kind of reflects exactly what you're saying in that it's got such a verve and such a kick to it you know and it's this this kind of huge chorus and you just i mean the first time we listened to it as an office and we were all just kind of like whoa you know this is amazing um was that (laughs) kind of (laughs) was that kind of um was that a song that really when you came up with that song was that a real moment when you were like oh okay like we're 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 sorted now you know we we've got the we've got that spark back um i i mean i we felt like that when that song was still just like a demo on, <laughs> yeah. on a computer like we were like oh man this is great <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. we, and and it was funny because even just being in like nick's basement listening to like a demo with like fake drums and real 
scratchy kind of sounding guitars we were like oh man we would have to like put this song out first yeah for sure and i mean for for listeners who haven't heard the full album yet would you say that that uh that song is a is kind of the, a perfect bridge between copacetic and shapeshifter i definitely think so i'm um like with uh with shapeshifter a lot of i feel like we cut a lot of the fat on our songs like like we didn't have parts just to have them kind of thing lane and like i i just think we have better songs on shapeshifter which is in in our eyes like a step up from copacetic because i you know we still love love copacetic still love the songs on there and but this time it just feels like everything's much more like a solidarity like unit in terms of like songwriting which is which is a good feeling you know and and it's not to say we haven't had that feeling before but um yeah and we just especially like on we all feel like this is like how this band should sound and these songs are i guess how they should have been written (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah it, it feels good amazing man yeah i mean like songs like double helix i mean let's say what you're saying is like i mean that to me kind of sounds like copacetic on steroids or something like it's just you know like you say all right. kind of trimmed Very all the cool. fat and it's just like man you know it's just like a complete punch to the face i love it um i mean cool. to talk about kind of influences and what you were listening to while making the album i mean i remember you guys tweeted a lot when you were making copacetic about listening to kind of classic emo like stuff like fallout boy and jimmy Eat world mm-hmm. and taking back sunday yeah. i mean were you, were you doing the same for shapeshifter or did other influences kind of start creeping in uh i i think like the same as we did for copacetic uh but like pumped up a little bit like um like for example what you just brought up like double helix like that song reminds me of like like old taking back sunday a lot yeah and that's that's something we're all really into and so that that one reminds me of like old starting line a lot which is you know another band we were super into during copacetic and just all along but like i think other influences definitely started to shine through a little bit more like we all love third eye blind and so we admire how they write songs and how their songs uh i guess transgress and so like when we were working on like Want Me Around, for example, like Third Eye Blind was like a pretty large influence for that song specifically. I gotta say that was a big one. That was a big one for this record, Third Eye Blind. Yeah, it's funny you say that actually. I've actually, um, in my notes, I've actually got Third Eye Blind next to uh, Want Me Around and also Wait. <laughs> so <Cool>. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, can def- cool. yeah, can definitely hear that. Um, I mean, going on that kind of Third Eye Blind uh, tip, I mean, like, um, do you think there's a real uh, influence of those kind of 90s bands coming into to modern music at the moment? Yeah, I mean, I definitely, I feel like it, it's been that way for last like five years or so Mm. but i mean i think those bands from that time period shine through now because it's like i mean it's not for like any random reason it's because like they're great bands you know and it was you know real special time in music and uh it's you know i think it's no surprise that like a lot of bands from like the late 90s are early 2000s or whatever like really help 
other bands like form their own sounds because like it was like great music man that's awesome and um i guess to finish up on the songs then um the uh, the album close are plastic brains um it, mm-hmm. it's quite a departure i think for the band and it it reminded me of untitled on copacetic in a way in that there was that slight jimmy world vibe but then it, it kind of expands into something totally different that i haven't heard you guys do before um was that a real kind of moment in the studio uh yeah yeah definitely for sure that 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 one was always like when we again when we still just had like demos and stuff like that that one was always like uh a favorite of mine because it, it it was like oh this like sounds like our band but it doesn't kind of you know like i think it's got a really cool groove really just like an open chorus and it's it's just like almost kind of like a simple song like a lot of the chords are just like the same throughout which you would think doesn't work but it kind of did and so um i yeah like that one it like for example if it was on copacetic i think it would not sound like our band but like on this record it, it sounds much more like us and i'm i'm really happy with how that song came out Definitely, man. Uh, does that hint to where you could go next as well, do you think, with it being the uh, the closer of the album? Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, that was that was uh, a goal we had with Copacetic as well, was, like, let's do a bunch of different stuff, and then that way we have more, like, wiggle room in the future. And so, uh, yeah, definitely. I would like to expand on that area of our band more. Awesome. So, um, yeah, that was my chat with Kevin from Knucklepuck. Um, it was, as I say, super interesting because I absolutely love Shapeshifter. So it was great to kind of get to the um, into the bones of what's really got into that album and kind of like made it sound like, I think I said to him that songs on it sound like uh, Copacetic, their debut album on steroids. Um, so, yeah, uh, Jack, you into it? Yeah, big style. I think um, Knucklepuck are an interesting band to talk to because aside from when you listen to Andy, they're a band who are very considered in their approach and quite humble about what they're doing. Like, it's a very classic pop-punk stance on things. And it's interesting hearing them be so honest about, like, that they weren't happy with what they made. Like, go, like go, going forwards, like, I, put, I spoke to Nick from the band for a feature, like, a few months ago, and he was like, well, well, we've been like this sad band for a bit, but we're going to be happy now. We're going to like make songs, which we're not used to. We're going to test ourselves. And to then have this amount of stuff and then go on tour, we made a for like two months and then go, you know, like not happy with this. Like it take, it takes some guts to do that. Yeah. They were kind of like, it's not really us. Like we need to inject more of ourselves into this album. Yeah. And like, be honest with themselves and it's the same as like it's the way the fallout boy are going like they could have pushed it back even further and stuff and i just to be in a position where it's like we're not happy with this and to come out with like after listening to shapeshifter now like it's stunning like it, it's so good it like, really is yeah co- it's a co- banger co- album co- copacetic was something special but this is like a completely it's a step in a different like a different direction but also same for the band and like I don't know, Knucklepuck sound like no one else in this scene. Like, they march to the beat of their own drum. And I think it's just going to continue like that. And the other thing, I just love the Third Eye Blind, like, name drop. Yeah. Because what a band. Yeah. Um, the and 90s alternative rock band. If you don't know them, check them out. They've influenced every pop punk band in oh, this scene oh, at yeah. the moment. Yeah. And if you get the chance, just go and see them as well. Like, yeah. That's so good. Oh, man. But, 
But um, yeah, like to be able to take those influences as well and not like make it as cookie cutter as everyone else is when like the 90s revival and still be themselves, like it's it's a huge step and you can hear like how stoked they are on like the product. For sure. Shifting. And it shows, it shows in the album. Tamsin, what are you saying? Yeah, I mean, everything that Jack said, like it, it is quite uh, brave and ballsy as a band to kind of record 90% of your album, go away for a couple of months and then be like, you know what? Not happy with this. Yeah. Like we need this, we need to change this, we need to change this, we need to change this, like, and we're not putting it out until it's all right. I think, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of pressure on bands to get music out really, really quickly. I mean, like, it's been a while now since Copacetic came out, so people have been like, you know, come on. Type. Yeah, I, I was like that yeah, as a fan. Like, yeah, like, you know, we, we want something new. Um, and there was that pressure, which is probably why they were like, you know, we need to get this done, we need to get this done. And as he said, he was like, we ran out of time before we then had to go on tour. Um, so to come back from that tour and be actually like, although we ran out of time in the studio with this producer, like, we need to go... Like, take it home, take it back to who we know and just work on getting it perfect. Like, it's a, it, it's very brave, but, like, I think just going from gone, like, you can already tell, like, yeah, they did the right thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a total Like, like as soon like, as they dropped that song, everyone was just like, holy crap. Yeah, like, everyone What happened to Knuckle Puck? Like, the glow up. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's so true. I mean... Uh, I mean, I, I think they, they creatively, and especially in that song, they sound like a kind of modern day Taking Back Sunday. Yeah, and like, that's what I really loved as well when you were talking about influences and stuff. Like, the fact he said, oh, we we're really influenced by old Taking Back Sunday, old starting line, and it's just like, if those come through with a new album, like, those influences, it is, it's gonna be, like, such a big album. Yeah. So, so big. Uh, and, like, the songs on it, I mean, it goes all over the place, you know, and it goes from, you know, it goes from being, like, we're talking about them sort of making a, a lighter album and then they wanted to make something a bit more dark and a bit more true to themselves. So you get this, like, brilliant balance between lighter, more upbeat kind of songs and then darker, kind of heavier songs. I mean, there's a song on it halfway through called Everyone Lies To Me that sounds kind of like, it reminds me, um, the, way, the way Nick and Joe go at each other vocally reminds me of Untitled Era Blink um, yeah fair enough yeah so yeah. just like songs like that and like oh man there's a song called Want Me Around that we talked about in the interview again sounds like Third Eye Blind and kind of has almost like um, you know bands like Transit and this time next year that kind of really upbeat kind of pop punky sort of stuff like it sounds like that but with a real modern sheen on it it's it's just an absolute bangathon, man I think it's a case as well like it's what I already said that Knucklepuck are already like they're much to beat their own drum it's in the same way that like when we were talking about neck deep last week like they're already ahead of the pack yeah and they're doing it again and like people will copy what knucklepuck are doing again like so many bands copied their kind of sound which they developed on like the early eps into copacetic and they're just going to keep changing and molding and just like not being afraid to like be themselves and I think that that's something which really shines through in in the way that Kevin's talking. Like they're they're just doing things their way, and they're going to continue that. And I really think that it's going to 
hit home with a lot of people as well yeah for sure and i mean just to finish up as well just talking about influences and what's gone into this album i mean you know we've today we've mentioned a lot of classic rock sound bands you know tam's been talking about paramore jack was talking about fallout boy uh you can hear both those bands uh jimmy world as well you can hear all of those bands You're in this album like singing to my heart right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can like honestly just even in riffs or melodies or just general vibes of songs like you can hear these bands all over it and just like just to hear someone like a band just like to put all of those brilliant kind of bits of music into one sound and make it sound so exciting and fiery in the modern day is so exciting so um i just can't salute knuckleback enough like as you say like we were saying with neck deep last week they they're leaders man so yeah. uh, i can't wait to see you know the reaction to this album smashing it absolutely Perfect. smashing it yeah cool so um yeah that was uh, that was Knucklepuck. So uh, let us know what you think, and let us know if you're digging Gone because it's a banger. Uh, cool. So we're going to do um, a bit like listener questions. Um, a weekly feature we're bringing in now is going to be um, tips from the rock sound world. So it's where us three as hosts um, are going to give you our personal recommendations on a certain topic. So this week um, we thought we'd begin with uh, our favourite new bands and why you should check them out. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna give this one to uh, Tamsin first. Tamsin, who are you saying? Sure. I am um, <laughs> gonna go with a band called Sleep on It. Nice. Um, because they just make bangers for days. They do. <laughs> um, they they are bloody brilliant. Um, basically, um, this is my sales pitch for Sleep on It. If you take a little bit of State Champs. A little bit of maybe like the dangerous summer kind of shout. like a little yep. bit of Huge like the, just like a little emo twinge in there and like plus maybe like a bit of like transit or something like a bit yeah. of like old school pop on. Cram all of those together into one band and you get sleep on it as the result. And um, they put they put out their EP last year and like I think everyone in the Rock Sound office was just like, oh snap! Like <laughs> who are the new kids on the block? Like this is really 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 good and like. Like the production is good. The Produced songwriting. by none other than Derek from State Jams. My your boy. Face, yeah. <laughs> My boy, Derek. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that kind of, you know, shows just like what they can do. Like if they, you know, they've already got friends with Derek from State Jams. And like, I, you know, I just see them like coming in on people's Twitters. And I'm like, oh, so you're friends with them and them and them. And it's like, you're going to be everywhere in the next 12 months. Yep. Um, yeah, they're just they're so sick and they're such nice guys as well and they like they just seem like you're kind of funny, a little bit dorky guys just playing music that they really like. The videos are really funny. Um yeah, I think like everyone just needs to go and listen to sleep on it because like literally I think this time next year everyone is gonna be just like Oh my god, best band on the planet. Amazing, that's a killer shout. A little exclusive as well, uh, from Derek himself. Uh album's done out this year, so <laughs> um, check out go and listen to See You Around and for one reason only and that is because there are hand claps in it and that is the only reason you ever need to listen to a song <laughs> Jack uh, is, is nodding I mean, I mean yeah it's true like hand claps make songs if, if you want to see me doing there. a strutty walk when I'm listening to a song <laughs> I can guarantee I'm listening to See You Around by Sleep On It so that's up there with Waterfall by Wivcon yeah it's got a really good walking beat and you can yeah shake your bum a bit <laughs> Um, Mr. Jack Rogers. Speaking of shaking your bum, I'm going to talk about <laughs> Chapel, who next month are supporting water parks in the UK. And I only stumbled upon this band very recently, but they are everything I want to hear from a pop rock band at the minute. For one, the artwork of their singles is brilliant. 
it's just a, it's I, I picture myself, it's a guy sat at breakfast with pancakes and juice and on one of them he's really ecstatic and on the other he's got his face in his pancakes and I relate to that so much. <laughs> um, but sound wise, there are very there's a bit of like a modern day pop in there, like very chart heavy pop, but also just like old school 2008 beats and just like huge hooks, like hooks for days. And there's only two of them and they make such an amazing route that um, the song which I'd recommend is Fool's Gold. Which Killer. It's, it sounds... In some cases, they remind me a bit of Cobra Starship. Yeah, I was in, just thinking that, they, yeah. They remind me quite a bit of Hello Goodbye as yeah, well. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. It's that sort of, like, it's very 2007, 2006, like, neon vibes. Yeah. Which, but they're bringing it and making it modern and cool rather yeah. than, like, looking looking back, people say, oh, well, those bits were a bit silly. Like, these guys are, like, legit with it. Yeah. They're, they're really cool. Like, yeah. really, really cool. Yeah, they've got a great vibe. And, like, I think as well, like, if you maybe if you dig things like Saint, you can get on with them really oh, well. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Shout well, out Saint. But also, if you, if you like, you know, Against the Current or, you know, pop punk and pop rock. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like if, as long as you enjoy, a, you know, a good melody, you're going to love well, Chapel. Well, they've got the water parks approval, so that's all you need. Yeah. Oh, well, exactly. Yeah. yeah. They're, um, yeah, they're cool as well. I actually spoke to Carter and Courtney from the band this week and they're, um, they're big into Prince as well and they were raving about that. So, uh, I mean, I, yeah. I, I, I can go down with a new, uh, new rave cover of Purple Rain. <laughs> yeah. Guys, if you're listening, please make it happen. Yeah. Um, How about you, Will Cross? That is a top shout. Um, I am going with Stand Atlantic. Um, made they, they are such a new band, but they have made waves already. Um, they're releasing their kind of debut EP proper in September called Sidewinder. Um, we've had it in the office and it's been, I think it's been on every day. Oh, like, every day. At least, yeah. at least I think twice. it's like, like it was with Sleep On It. Once, once we heard that first song coffee at midnight and we were like yeah this is this this is us yeah <laughs> um and then we and then we had the ep and we were just like yeah this band are gonna be huge yeah i mean i haven't heard a, a, like a new new band come out of the traps with this much verve in quite a while i'm gonna be honest um like it's five knockouts on an ep it's literally five out of five um all pretty different songs as well. Like, I'm, I'm so blown away by this band. They're a trio from Australia. Um, they're front woman Bonnie Fraser as well, star in the making for sure, I think. Her, her oh, voice huge. is stunning. Yeah, yeah it really is. Style. And it's like, it's got an edge to it because I spoke to Bonnie as well and you're going to be hearing that in the next coming weeks on the podcast. Um, I spoke to Bonnie and she was saying that, they, you know, they really appreciate a pop banger, but they also don't want it to go too far into the kind of the cookie cutter world and they want yeah. things to still have an edge and couldn't have summed up this EP oh. like more perfectly like it's it's got a real brunt to it but if you love things as well like with confidence and water parks you can totally get on board I mean yeah I feel like they're kind of like a really good combination like if you love Tonight Alive yeah. um, but if you love bands like Rome and Trash Boat as well because there is quite a lot of like grit and there's a bit of an edge to it yeah. as well so if you love all of those bands like go and yeah go and listen to them they're yeah. so good all I'm going to say is uh, I wouldn't recommend drinking coffee at midnight um, <laughs> because you won't sleep yeah you're not going to have a good time are you like, yeah. uh, they get, uh, I mean like good band bad advice <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, that's the thing it, don't it, take it, their song titles but, too literally but as, Bonnie is going to have it out with you well, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah but I'm say the EP it's just it's to write songs that they have on the first go it's ridiculous man it's insane and, like every single time they hear it like it's just wow 
Yeah. So, yeah. Like, big, big sale, like, next few months, when everyone gets on board, it's going to be amazing. Yeah, exactly. And a uh, little preview, but they're going to be in the Neck Deep issue, so uh, be sure to check that out. Uh, my song recommendation, uh, Coffee at Midnight, I think is a really good starting point. Uh, but they've also released my personal favourite on the EP, The uh, Mess I Made now, which is... Oh god, it's like it's like um, it could be on the soundtrack to American Pie, but with mosh pits. That's probably how to describe it. Yeah, I can cope with that. Yeah, sick. So uh, yeah, Stand Atlantic, big up. Um, right, well we're coming to an end of the third episode of the Rock Sound Podcast. Oh. Uh, I know it's it's gone so quickly. Over it? too soon. I know. Oh man, like I'm disappointed, but like it's no, it's been sick. Like it, such a good time. Should we do it again next week? <laughs> Shall we? Yeah. yeah, shall we? Yeah, let's do it again next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's gonna be good. Yeah, well, we hope you're enjoying it. Like I say, the uh, launch specials were uh, were an absolute blast, um, and this is uh, this is as good, I think. So, um, yeah, yeah, guys, having a good time. I'm yeah. having a blast. Yes, yeah, it's, it's all right. I it? knew you'd yeah. do that. Like, yeah, it's, it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> what was the slogan? Bands? No, was it bruise? Bands, bants, bangers. <laughs> There we go. That's what you can expect from the Rock Sound Podcast. There we go. Forward. There yeah. we go. So yeah, let us know what you think. Let us know the bands, the songs that we've recommended. Let us know what you think of Mr. Beersack and his interview. Send in us. your questions as well. Oh yes, yeah, definitely do that. Let us know how excited you are about the new Andy Black album, new Black Album Bride stuff. Let us know what you think that tour is. Uh, let us know if you dug the interview with Kevin from Knockerpuck as well. Let us know what you're excited for on that album. Let us know what you think of Gone. Let us know all of these things. We want to talk about music all the time, so let us know. Um, little preview as well. Uh, uh, we're going to be launching something today um, that's uh, involved with SCUS. Uh, can't say too much more about it, but stay tuned online for that. And a reminder that the Neck Deep bundles are up at shop.rocksound.tv. Uh, so get on that, check it out, buy all the bundles and, and have a good time. Um, next week, we are going to be speaking to Mr. Josh Franceschi from Unit oh, 6. yeah. And also Mr. Tay Jardine from... Uh, Tay Jardine. Tay Jardine from Saint. Uh, both of which hugely excited about. Mm. Yeah. Um, you excited about that, guys? Can't wait. Oh, yeah. Can't wait to hear from Tay. Oh, yeah. Can't wait. Tay Tay. And yeah. Josh. Your second favourite Tay Tay. And Josh, my second favourite Tay Tay. So, yeah, stay tuned for that. So much happening. So, uh, yeah, let us know what you think. It's been amazing. Uh, yeah, just uh, keep us posted. See you later, guys. Bye. Love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.